the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church, where we minister in the spirit of excellence under the leadership of our anointed senior pastor, Bukas Sterling III. Please stay tuned at the end of this broadcast for information on how to obtain a copy of today's message in its entirety. And now, Pastor Sterling. Going to find our scripture today in 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel. We'll look at uh, actually three areas of scriptures. 1 Samuel chapter 1, uh, beginning at verse 24. And then 1 Samuel chapter 2, beginning at verse 12. God's word reads as follows. Now, when she had weaned him, she took him up with her with three bulls and an ephod of flour and a skin of wine, and she brought him to the house of the Lord in Shiloh. And the child was young. Then they slaughtered a bull and brought the child to Eli. She said, O my Lord, as your soul lives, my Lord, I am the woman who stood before you here praying to the Lord. For this child I prayed, and the Lord has granted my petition, which I asked of him. Therefore, I also have lent him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he shall be lent to the Lord. So they worshiped the Lord there. Chapter 2, beginning at verse 12, we move over just a little further. Chapter 2, beginning at verse 12, it says, Now the sons of Eli were corrupt. They did not know the Lord. And the priest's custom with the people was that when any man offered a sacrifice, the priest's servant would come with the three-pronged flesh hook in his hand while the meat was boiling. And then he would thrust it into the pan or kettle or cauldron or pot, and the priest would take for himself all of that that was on the flesh hook and brought it up so that they so they did in Shiloh to all the Israelites who came there and also before they burned the fat the priest's servant uh, would come and say to the man who sacrificed give meat for roasting to the priest for he will not uh, take boiled meat from you but raw and if the man said to him uh, they should really burn the fat first, then you may take as much as you, your heart's desire. Uh, he would then answer him and say, no, but you must give it now. And if not, I will take it by force. Therefore, the sin of the young men was very great before the Lord, and the men abhorred the offering of the Lord. But, the, but Samuel ministered before the Lord, even as a child wearing a linen ephod. Moreover, his mother used to make him a little robe and bring him uh, year by year, uh, even uh, when she came up uh, with her husband to offer the yearly sacrifice. Verse 22 picks up and says, and Eli was very old, and he heard everything that his sons did in all of Israel and how they lay with the women who assembled at the door of the tabernacle of the meeting. So he said to them, why do you do such things? 
For I hear of your evil dealings from all the people. Know, my sons, for it is not a good report that I hear. You make the Lord's people transgress. If one man sins against another, God will judge him. But if a man sins against the Lord, who will intercede for him? Nevertheless, they did not heed the voice of their father because the Lord had desired to kill them. The child Samuel grew in stature and in favor both with the Lord and men. Would you pray with me, please? Father in heaven, we honor you this morning. We thank you for the word of God. We thank you for your peace that surpasses the comprehension and understanding of man. Even now, God, it is my prayer that as I stand to declare your word, that you would speak clearly to the hearts, minds, souls of those who are listening. Father, wherever they may be, whether they be in this state, whether they be in this country, or whether they be somewhere, Lord, abroad, I pray that uh, you would meet them on the pages of their life through uh, the live stream broadcast through Facebook, through YouTube. God, I pray that your word would go out in such a way that it would pierce their heart and draw them unto yourself. God, that those who are lost might come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Those who are struggling and wrestling and in need of a word from you might be encouraged today and edified and receive from you, God, just what they need to move on and progress to be more like you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm praying that as I surrender myself a vessel in your hand, that you would use me according to your will to accomplish what you desire on this day. Father, I need you, and I'm trusting in you that you would speak through these lips of clay. So now, Lord, have your way in all that is done and all that is said, and we will give your name all the glory and all the honor and all the praise, for it is in Jesus' name we pray with thanksgiving and expectation. And all the people of God said together, amen and amen. I want to kind of take a look at the examples here in the scripture of Elkanah uh, and Hannah's family uh, in contrast to the family of Eli and look at and see what we can glean as it relates to this relationship uh, of parents and children. And so uh, today I want to talk about that as a subject matter, the relationship, as this third part in the series, the relationship of parents and children. Now, as we look at this, uh, look at Hannah in this text, and Hannah uh, becomes more predominant as uh, the, the parental role, even though Elkanah is also uh, the husband there of and the father of Samuel, uh, we look at them and we start to learn very quickly that uh, in the parental relationship, what is critically important and what is essential uh, to a good and healthy uh, parent-child relationship is first that you need to cultivate the relationship with the children. There needs to be a process of cultivating a relationship with the children. Uh, <laughs> Uh, it, it might seem like that just because a child is born into your house, that that automatically a relation, the right relationship is going to happen. But I would suggest that there are some some deliberate and intentional things that need to be done to cultivate a good and a healthy relationship in uh, between the parent and the child. And so, with Hannah, what we see in uh, chapter one, uh, literally, and and this is a somewhat lengthy story, but I'm going to condense it for the benefit of, of uh, preaching this morning. Uh, Hannah has been married to Elkanah. She can't have children. Uh, she's got this, uh, mid, this, this sister wife, if you will, uh, Penina, and she's been popping them out right and left. She's got children all over the place, and she's giving Hannah a hard time. 
And whenever they go up to worship, Hannah is, is, is crying and, and her husband thinks that, um, you know, she should be okay because he's better to her than he is to Penina. And she wants a child from the Lord, which is critically and highly important in that particular time. And more specifically, she wants a male child from the Lord. And uh, she hasn't been able to have any and she's been bearing. And so she goes to the house of the Lord. And, and that's kind of how all this begins. And so uh, she prays and, and God uh, favors her. And then she, she has this child, Samuel. And, and so when Samuel is, is born to her, uh, Hannah begins immediately to cultivate uh, a relationship with him. Uh, she wants uh, to assure that this child and her have a good relationships. And so one of the things that uh, as she gives birth to this child who she has come, she's promised to give him back to the Lord, to serve the Lord. But watch this. But what she does, interestingly, is she doesn't just have him and give him away right away. She, she has him and she kept him home. Uh, and in chapter 1, somewhere around verse 22 or so, we, we read that Hannah did not go up for, they were, her husband, they were going up for the yearly offering again. And, but Hannah didn't go this year, that year. And she says for, she told her husband, uh, you know, I'm not going to go up, she said to her husband. Not until the child is weaned, I will take him that he may appear before the Lord and remain there forever. But what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to, I'm going to invest some quality time with him. And so she begins to cultivate that relationship. She doesn't just take him and, and dump him off with Eli as uh, to commit him to the Lord right away. But she says, I'm, I'm going to spend this time with him. So she kept him home to care for him and to take care of him. And the text says she kept him there until time for him to be weaned. And so she was nursing him and she was caring for him and she was investing in him. And if I could use my imagination, she was talking to him because I know mothers like to talk to their children, even though the child can't talk. And she was talking to him and, and whatever she felt he could understand, she uh, articulated to him and she loved him and she hugged on him and she kissed him and you know all the things that mamas like to do and especially if it's the first baby I mean he don't get everything so I know she was just lavishing it on him but in the process she was cultivating a relationship with him and she didn't just take him and have him given to Eli right away I think that's important I think that's interesting because as we look at some of the relationships between parents and children today and I know we live in a whole nother time and pastor you need to be understanding and 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 and, and folks got jobs to go to and all that kind of thing but let me say this realistically. I, I, I think that some of the relationships are, are being impacted right off the bat because some children are being put into care of others too quickly. There's not, watch this, there's not enough time being spent between mom and child and parents and child to cultivate a great beginning relationship. Let me say it this way. Maybe you can understand this way. When, when a child is born, you have a blank slate and if, if the, the people who they spend the time with is the people who are writing on the slate. And if at the very beginnings of the child's life, you're not the one writing on that child's slate, then that means someone else is impacting your child's future. And so I think it's critically important that you be the ones that are writing on the, on the early slate of your child's lives so that they have that as a foundation and a beginnings in terms of relationship when it starts. Some, I know, I know, some, 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 I, I just think that some are just going back to work too quickly. They're, they're going back too fast, and, and, and they're going back too quickly, and they're pushing their children off. And I don't want to say pushing them off. I mean, I, you, you got to have them go somewhere. And, but they, they, they're being put into the hands of the sitter, and the sitter 
who's, who's really there to, to earn a living, not necessarily to invest in the future of your child, they're the ones now writing on the blank slate of your child's life in those early years. I'm not trying to mess anybody up. I'm just trying to use the text to help us see that the early cultivation is critical as it relates to this parent-child relationship. So, so this, I think, is, is, is vital to that relationship bonding in the very early infancy. Not only does Hannah, in her process of cultivating the relationship, she keeps him and she nurses him until such time that he's weaned, but the text also tells us that she, she cared for him. In chapter 2, uh, we see that she came to him and she visited with him and she brought him clothes and, and she, she would bring him little robes and little ephods as he was ministering before the Lord. And, and so she cared about this child and she made sure that all his needs were met. Even though he was, after he was put into the, the house of the Lord to serve, she still made sure that he had what he needed and she still cared for him and she looked out for him and she spent time with him. She went to visit him. She didn't just send him there and leave him there. No, she visited with him. She spent time with him and no doubt... She was also encouraging him because as you keep reading about Eli and, and you see what happens between Eli and his kids and you see what happens between Samuel, Samuel somehow is getting better training, better insight than Eli's kids, which tells me that Hannah and, and, and Elkanah have, have been visiting Samuel and they're investing in Samuel and they're depositing it in Samuel and they're cultivating in Samuel not only a good relationship with themselves but a good relationship with God. Because as you keep reading through the text, you keep reading that Samuel was ministering before the Lord, that Samuel was faithful before the Lord, that Samuel was doing the work of the Lord. And so she has been caring for him and investing in him and spending time with him and visiting with him. And the whole family would come each year uh, and they would be there with, with, with Samuel. Even though Samuel had responsibilities for the Lord, they still spent time together. I, I, I'm going to... Just pause there just for a moment and say, in the process of cultivating healthy relationships, it is of necessity to spend time together. We're living in a fast-paced world, a fast-paced time when people just don't seem to have time to spend time with their kids. But if we're going to cultivate healthy relationships, we need to spend that quality time together. We'll never be able to develop and cultivate good relationships between parents and children if you're not spending time together with them. Now watch this. I'm going to say this also because I believe that it's never too late to cultivate that relationship because even though you're grown now doesn't mean that you can't still cultivate relationships with grown children. Help me somebody. It, even after you've grown up and you're doing your own thing doesn't mean that it's too late for, for you to cultivate relationships with your parents. And a whole lot of that, just to, it's a matter of an opportunity to get to know them and allow them to get to know you. Some folks grew up all of their lives and their parents had one view of them and they never really got to know them and they forced them one way and pushed them one way and there was always this tension in the house and this tension in the relationship and you couldn't wait to get out and you couldn't wait to get away and then for some they vowed, I'm never going back because of the way they treated me. And so even to this day, some don't talk to their parents to this day. But I'll say it's important, it's critical. In this parent-child relationship, no matter how old you are, to still cultivate those relationships. Because sometimes, here, here it is, the reality for some parents, while they were trying to make ends meet, while they were trying to provide for the family, they really couldn't find the, the energy or the emotion to give to their children. And so there was a distance, and there was no real cultivation of a good relationship. That's just true. That's real life stuff. 
But as we look in Hannah's case and we look in Hannah and Samuel's scenario and even with Elkanah, the husband and his father, they cultivated a good relationship with him first. That's important in this parent-child relationship. The second thing I see in the text is picks up uh, in the latter part of chapter uh, 1, uh, verse 28. It says, therefore also I have lent him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he shall be lent to the Lord. So they worship there as they had made this offering. So here is Hannah after it's time to give Samuel to the Lord. She had made this vow to God. God, if you give me a male child, I'll give him back to you. I'll give him back to you for all the days of his life. And so God gave and blessed Hannah, even though she had been barren up until that time. God blessed Hannah with the male child. And when she had the child, she nurtured him. She developed him. She cultivated the relationship with him. She deposited it in him. And then when it was time and he was weaned, she took and she offered offerings and she Laid the, 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 the animals before the Lord, the, 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 the sacrifice was made and the great sacrifice was made on behalf of them. And they offered to the Lord and sacrificed to the Lord. And then they came and they worshiped God. And at the worship of God and at the surrender of God, then she, be, she was ready at that point in time to release him to serve the Lord. So now she is at verse 1, chapter 1, verse 28. She says, I'm going to lend him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he shall be lent to the Lord. And then she not only lent him to the Lord, but she lent him to the Lord as a Nazarite. His hair should never be cut. He's going to be committed. His life is dedicated to God. The second thing I want to help us as it relates to this parent and child relationship piece, I think it's not only important that you need to cultivate the relationship between parent and child, but I think it's also important that you need to commit the children to the Lord. Children need to be committed to the Lord. In the earlier of chapter 1, when Hannah had prayed for this son and she vowed to give him to the Lord and she vowed to give him as a Nazarite. So then now she says, look, I'm going I'm to, I've, I've cultivated this relationship. Um, I, I, there's a connection between me and my child. And, and even though, watch this, even though I give him to serve God, he and I are still connected. He's still connected to his parents. He knows who his parents are, but I'm giving him to the Lord. And she gives him over to the Lord, and the relationship has been weaned off now. And now she's, she's ready to give him to the Lord. But watch this. As she begins to commit him to the Lord, and as I was looking at this, I said, you know what? As we, we, why, why is it important for us to commit our children to God? Let me, I'll give you a few reasons. One reason I believe it's important to commit your children to God is because children don't come with a handbook. Praise the Lord, somebody. Now, here's the reality, the truth of the matter. As we have these children, these, these, these human beings come out of us and, and come through us and to us. Well, women, they come through you and, and men, they come to you. But women, they come through you. And now you got this human being that, that you didn't get a manual with. You don't, you don't know how to operate this thing. You don't know how it's going to function and, and how it's going to respond. And, 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 and we're kind of at our wits end looking at this little baby who's desiring all this stuff from us and and we're now responsible for the whole future life and guidance of this child and we've got no instruction manual per se um, that was that came with the baby and and because we've got no instruction manual I think it's critical to give that child uh, or rather commit that child back to the one who gave them to you in the first place and so rather than saying you know what I'm gonna figure this out I think the best thing to do is say you know what God God, thank you for the child, but I'm going to commit this child to you so that this child can be raised under your guidance, under your wisdom, under your instruction, because I don't know what I'm doing. And I think a few parents can kind of relate to that. And if they're honest, 
we just kind of bumbled our way through and figured our way through and, and, and we got there by the grace of God. But I think it's important that we commit our children to the Lord, not only because we don't know what we're doing, but so that they can do what God wants them to do. Because God sends these children into the world with purpose. And so we need to commit them to the Lord that they might fulfill their purpose. The purpose of Samuel is going to be played out in the text. And as he becomes the, the antithesis of the servants that are serving in the house of God, that is the sons of Eli, uh, he begins to be this faithful servant of God, this faithful priest in a time when people did whatever seemed right in their own eyes. In chapter 2, verse 1, it picks up and it says, you know, Hannah prays, and, and, and from 1 through 10, Hannah begins to have this whole celebration uh, poem, prayer, uh, in which she prophesies of, of the victory, I mean, of, of the Messiah that is yet to come, and she declares the victory that over her enemy and how great and thankful she is to God um, for, for giving her this child. Watch this. And she goes through all of this chapter. If you read through the whole, it's like a poem, like a song almost that she's um, giving to the Lord before the Lord. And from chapter uh, 2, chapter 1, uh, verse 1, through all the way through 10, chapter 2, 1 through 10, she lays this whole thing out. But, well, watch this. It, it sounds like um, she's laying this out and she's going to get to keep the child. But she's not. She's, she lays all that celebration out and all this thanksgiving out knowing that she's going to commit this child and give this child to the service of the Lord. I think it's powerful because her commitment of him leaves him before the Lord. Chapter, chapter 2, verse 11, it says, And Elkanah was in, uh, went to the house of Ramah. But the child ministered to the Lord before Eli the priest. When Hannah and Elkanah, that's his father, took him to the house of God, they left him there that he might minister to the Lord before the priest, that he might learn the priestly assignments, that he might serve God in his, in his lifetime. Oh, that parents would leave their children before the Lord. We live in a day and time where parents are leaving them in front of the television and leaving them in front of the Xbox and leaving them uh, in, at, the, at the ball fields and, and in this court and in that court and, in other, uh, and before people who are, are going to do them wrong. I, I, would, I, would, I would be encouraged. I would, I, would, I, would, I would shout as loud as I could to tell parents, parents, leave your children before the Lord. It's a great place to leave them. Leave them before the Lord because if you leave your children before the Lord, God will take care of them. Lord, help me here. Not only that, will God take care of them, but they'll learn how to serve God. Lord, have mercy because while they're going through and playing all those games on the computer and while they're going through trying to figure out how to steal the car, that's not helping them in life. While they're online looking at this and looking at that and somebody across the world is looking at them, that's not helping them. But if you put them before the Lord and allow them to learn how to serve God, it'll change their whole life. She commits this child before the Lord, she left him there that he might serve God. There was a time when children didn't have a choice, not only about going to church, but about serving God in the church. Help me, somebody. Praise the Lord. You have been listening to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church under the leadership of Senior Pastor Bucus Sterling III 
where we minister in the spirit of excellence. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Financial contributions and support of this ministry are welcome. We thank you in advance for uniting with us in kingdom building. For a copy of this sermon on CD or to hear this message again on the web, please visit our website at KetteringMinistries.org and remember to reference the title or broadcast date. We hope that you have enjoyed our journey together. And we invite you to join us in person for one of our Spirit-Filled Worship Services, Sundays at 10 a.m. at the Legacy Center, located at 6909 Crane Highway, Upper Marlboro, Maryland, or virtually via our website, Facebook, and YouTube. For additional information, go to our website at KetteringMinistries.org or contact our church office at 301-627-9500. Please join us again as Senior Pastor Bucus Sterling III and the Kettering Baptist Church family minister in the spirit of excellence. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.